0: Hello there. My name is Danielle Day and welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about the ABCs of yoga. I thought I'd break it down in real simple terms for anybody who's curious about the big picture. You know, what does it mean to be a yogi? What does it mean to live the lifestyle of of a, a yogi on the path? When you decide that you're going to deepen your own practice, you just have so much to look forward to, but it can be oftentimes confusing as to how to start. And there's a lot of folks I know who put off going to the studios because they don't feel ready to practice in a studio. I feel so sad about that. That's what the intention is behind this podcast today. I mean... Even people I absolutely love have told me things like, well, when I lose 10 pounds, then I'll go to the studios. Oh my gosh, I could I could tell you how I felt like a little bit of me dies when I hear something like that. And I think about how much fun students are having these days learning at home through different YouTube videos and resources online and the Yoga Glow app and all that good stuff and everything that they're finding on the internet. But there's something very special about doing yoga with other people in a studio. Sure, maybe at the gym, maybe at a fitness center, maybe in the context of some sort of group fitness workout. But my real passion in life is helping students show up regularly in their neighborhood studios so that they can discover community, They can discover new avenues and facets of peaceful and high vibration living that you just don't get to achieve by yourself using apps. I know that when you travel or when time is, you know, in a little bit of a crunch for you or that there's transportation issues or childcare issues that compel us to practice at home, that these resources can be very valuable and I aim to support your journey deeply through online resources like the one we're enjoying right now, but hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll understand a little bit more about how you might make your way into your local yoga studio with confidence and hopefully be inspired to stick with a practice that your local teachers can help you build. So the first A in terms of the ABCs of establishing a yoga practice is the word Ayurveda. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. Let me spell it for you. It's A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. It's a Sanskrit word that means the science of life. Ayurveda is a sister science to the tradition of yoga. It similarly is about 6,000 years old, and it too was codified by a sage named Patanjali in around the year 220 of the Common Era in the region that we would consider today to be modern-day Pakistan. And Ayurveda seeks to harmonize our living in accordance with nature so we can feel great, live well, and make spiritual progress. The theme about Ayurveda is harmony with nature and that it looks at the individual in terms of prescriptions for nutrition and health and different wellness practices rather than making blanket statements for the general population. And a contrast, you would think about how in Western medicine – Studies show that such and such remedy or practice helps people in the majority receive these results, so we recommend that for you. Well, that's not how Ayurveda treats um, conditions or questions about wellness. Ayurveda treats the individual because everybody is put together differently. Everyone has a unique constitution. Everybody's body is, is built differently, and so Ayurveda seeks to meet you where you are and help you from there, there's a theme that you can think about to understand this called Like Attracts Like, and that's the theme of Ayurveda. Ayurveda works with the elements of nature, and it's so fascinating that I think if students learn a little bit more about their constitution, they might get more out of practicing yoga, since Ayurveda and yoga were meant to work together. The first step for understanding Ayurveda and what it means for you is to go online and look up your Ayurvedic dosha quizzes, dosha, D-O-S-H-A. There are these quizzes that have you decide which elements are predominant in your constitution. We are all a unique expression. We are all a unique ratio of the different elements, and when you learn about how you're put together, you can really understand what makes you special and unique as well as what can get in your way and how to address it and mitigate it. Not to get too far ahead of myself here, I want to encourage you to consider what the elements are. We have three doshas that have names. One is Vata, V-A-T-A, Pitta, P-I-T-T-A, And the other is kapha, K-A-P-P-H-A. So vata, pitta, and kapha. Vata is the energy of movement. It is comprised of space and ether. It's air and ether and space. So air plus space is the vata dosha. And this is the element that is basically all movement all the time. It is the energy of movement. Okay. Then there's pitta, P-I-T-T-A. Pitta is the elements of fire and water. This is the energy of transformation. And so fire and water, this comprises some personality traits. This comprises some different facets of the natural world. That is the energy of transforming. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Fire. Okay, and then the third is Kappa K A P P H A. Kappa is the earth element, it's comprised of earth and water. And so this is all about stability, the energy of stability. So inside of each and every one of us, we all have the elements. We all have some vata, pitta, and kapha. We all have inside of us the energy of movement, the energy of transformation, and the energy of stability. The trick is to learn how much of each one makes up you so that you can understand how to approach wellness on your individual level and also understand how factors like the natural world, the seasons, the time of day, how foods, how activities, how different practices bring out these elements, how they can increase these elements, or how you can mitigate and pacify these elements in yourself. It comes in handy because we all need to understand how we can approach our wellness as individuals. So you take these dosha quizzes, and it tells you, Through, I would encourage you to take two or three quizzes to look for similarities in them and corroborate the studies that you are incurring so that you're able to say, all right, most of this, this, these quizzes I'm taking are telling me that I'm this much vata, this much pitta, and this much kapha. When you understand how you're put together, you can then understand how certain things affect you. For example, people who have a lot of vata in their constitution uh, tend to be very creative, very inspiring, very artistic people, people who are a lot of fun to be around. However, when their vata constitution becomes a little bit overwhelmed, they reach what we call the tipping point. And instead of being very creative and inspiring and magical, they tend to turn out to be a little bit anxious. Vata, out of balance, as we say when you reach the tipping point, presents as anxiety. It presents as fear. And then people can end up being a little bit scattered and flaky and spacey. So if that resonates with you, you can can think about times when you have felt anxious, you have felt scattered, that maybe you were forgetful or losing things, or maybe you were just extremely fearful, you can identify that your vata was out of balance. How do we get vata back into balance? This is what we talk about when we talk about balancing the doshas. The qualities of vata are cold and dry and so these are times when you would seek out foods and activities and climates and times of day that were the opposite of that. So, for example, cold and dry, it doesn't do to end up having things like beverages with lots of bubbles in it, or crackers or popcorn, you know, things that are dry and crackly you're soothed and helped out with things more like soups and teas, you know, taking time in a hot bath, being in a hot yoga room. This is a wonderful way to pacify vata and help to contain this energy of movement and to help you become grounded so that you can be less anxious. Does that make sense? people who have a lot of pitta in them a lot of fire in their constitution you know, these are people who are real leaders these are people who really get people uh, inspired to take action the, you know the energy of transformation is all about let's get started you know people we've got a mission here let's let's do it uh, coaches CEOs people in the leadership positions this is this is pitta at its best the energy of transformation however to be fired up and to go over the tipping point and to be pitta out of balance tends to present as anger, as judgment, as rage. And that which was inspiring and commanding then can turn a little scary and a little bit upset. And so when we have feelings in our bodies of judgment and rage and anger, it we can be pointing to the fact that our pitta is out of balance. And so what can we do to pacify and balance this dosha? Well, think stuff like not spicy food, not hot coffee, definitely not hot yoga, but that which is cooling in nature. Nature is cooling. Getting yourself outside into the woods, right? Sitting in the grass. You know, enjoying things that are sweet and cold you know, something that's going to cool you down. Choosing instead of something like sriracha sauce on a big bowl of hot pho, instead of maybe having something that's a little bit more cooler and satisfying like avocados or hard-boiled eggs, you know, something that's going to be colder and and, and help to soothe the pitta. Does that make sense? Think about how the earth element, the kappa, you know, this energy of stability – you know, these are the people who are so loyal. They're so dependable. They 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 do the actual work. They're the kind of admins and functionaries, this kind of energy, you know, like people who take care of the household and the children, people at work who are the admins who do all of the tasks, you know, people who see something to completion, you know, somebody who is always there for you always there nurturing you, always there taking care of you, always looking out for you. This is the energy of stability. And when we are folks who tend to be very dependable and loyal and reliable, well, sometimes when we achieve a little bit too much stability, and maybe we are a little too comfortable and we're too entrenched we can become attached, and we can get a little stuck. And kappa out of balance presents as depression. You know, when when kappas love, they love hard. And if heaven forbid they were to lose their loves, or they were to lose out and, and lose that which they adore, then depression can set in and, and it can be a very stuck and sad thing. And so things like Yin yoga, you know, on the floor and a nice floor series, lots of just quiet time and stretching, maybe can make it worse, you know. um, Too much time under a comforter, too much time alone with one's thoughts. We need to get that person moving. We need to put that person into action. We need to get that person um, doing something active and be with people and go dancing. (laughs) So different things happen to push us over our tipping points, vata, the energy of movement, can become very agitated when pressure is on and they're being given too many instructions and they become a little bit fearful. Pitta, you know, is very strong and commanding, but when it's a hot moment and there's maybe controversy, maybe there is someone doubting them or, or heaven forbid, you know, embarrassing them or shaming them, then, you know, the rage can kick in you know, this type A type of personality. And similarly, Kappa, you know, dependable and loyal. The tipping point of attachment can, can lead to real serious depression. So... It, I really want to encourage you to watch the movie Inside Out. It's a Disney film that Pixar did that you might have heard of where Amy Poehler plays the character named Joy, who represents this inner bliss inside of this child and her story. You get to see all of the emotions in this child's consciousness. And I'm here to tell you that's Ayurveda up on the movie screen right there. The character Fear, that skinny, blue, kind of like shaking and freaking guy, that's Vata out of balance. The character, (laughs) uh, uh, what was was, he, was he called Rage? Remember, Louis Black played him. He's red and he's angry and he's just pissed off. That guy is Pitta out of balance. And then remember Phyllis from The Office was playing sad. Remember the blue character who was really sad. She's Kappa out of balance. And so it's fun for us to notice these archetypes and to understand these forces inside of us and to understand that there's not a darn thing we have to fix about you. There's not a darn thing we have to fix about us, but we can take steps and measures to mitigate and balance so that we don't achieve our tipping points and incur problems. So that which is creative out of balance can be anxiety. That which is commanding out of balance can be angry. That which is loyal and dependable out of balance can become depressed So inside of all of us, when we experience feelings of anxiety, rage, or depression, we might take a look at what we could eat, what we could do, or how we can optimize times of day and activities to pacify and soothe. Different herbal teas, different essential oils, definitely different kinds of yoga classes can optimize this. So on the path towards getting the most out of a yoga practice, is you want to understand what your Ayurvedic dosha is, what your constitution is. Because people who are pitta, have a lot of fire in them, they don't do very well in the middle of the day taking hot classes. People who are very vata, and they have a lot of energy, of movement, they can feel a little bit scattered, they need to really pick a day, date, and time that they can commit to to come to class regularly regularly. These are typically students who can become very agitated and they're late a lot or they, they just get distracted and they, may, they forget to go to class or they miss class because they took on too many, too many things and they, they, the time got away from them. And then people who are a cuppa we got to get them moving you know we got to help them commit to a regular routine they are really amenable to very passionate teachers that that push them and so as a student, it's good for yourself to understand if you have a lot of kappa in you, if, you're, if you are a pretty grounded person, you know, the yin classes are probably going to be too slow for you. You may love it because that's maybe your energy, but we need to get you into the power vinyasa flow classes. We need to get you moving. So I would recommend yin for some pittas who are feeling a little bit too fiery. We need to get them a little more grounded. We need to help them cool down. But it doesn't mean that Pitta doesn't want to take hot yoga because, again, like attracts like. But once we hit the tipping point, that's where problems can happen. So just kind of understand how you're put together and learn about the classes that make the most out of your qualities. You know, Vata loves to do arm balances and aversions. But if there are days when you're just feeling anxious or fearful, take a yin class instead. Feel held in these poses. You know, and Pitta loves the heat. We love it, love it, love it. But if we're feeling a little agitated and competitive in our classes, or we become judgmental of our instructors, best to maybe take Hatha classes. Something that's very structured, where there are no surprises, where you can really practice your meditative qualities of the of the Hatha class. So you can slow yourself down, contain yourself, and and work with mantra. and and drishti, different twists and different supported poses that can help you soothe the pitta. And then again, kappas, get to class, get moving and keep going. Stick with it. It works. We can get you really in a wonderful balanced state to optimize you no matter what you have going on. So A is for Ayurveda, learn about it. It's so interesting. It'll change your life. A quick story, the way that I learned the hard way was for a couple of years, it was my mission to take a 12 o'clock hot class every day of the week. And, you know, I swing pretty pitta, I got a lot of fire in my constitution, and I would leave the club where I was training my clients and I would go take a noon class and then I would rush back to finish my day training clients. And in the hustle and bustle of rushing to get there and practicing in the middle of the day in a really hot class, I found myself very angry. There was a couple of um, really competitive students in that group that would take the twelve o'clock class Monday through Friday, and they would try to like outdo each other in everything we did. They would do a million push-ups for every chaturanga. They were always at the front of the class, in the middle, right there at the mirror where I was, because we were we were all pretty competitive people. That's what Pitta is, you know, the fire in the constitution, and. I just remember thinking to myself, I do yoga every day. Why am I still so mad? Why am I still so angry and judgmental? I would leave class and be tearing apart the teacher or tearing apart the other students in my mind and kind of cursing people's names. (laughs) I'm just like, why am I so mad? I do yoga every day. Well, there was this workshop I went to. I thought, okay, I need to do restorative yoga and calm down. So I signed up for this workshop where it was in the middle of, of, of this forest in Oregon, in the summertime, and it was in a hot springs, a thermal hot springs <laughs> um, retreat center, and I was soaking in the hot tubs in this hot summertime middle of the day, and and I couldn't calm down in the restorative workshops. I was I was agitated. I was pissed off. I couldn't understand why I couldn't relax in this retreat. I was on a retreat. It was in the forest. Why couldn't I calm down? And the instructor, she pulled me aside and she goes, you're a pitta, aren't you? I'm like, well, yeah, what's your point? (laughs) Because, you know, pitta, anger. She's like, why do you keep soaking in the hot tubs? It's 109 degrees outside. Why are you outside in the thermal hot springs? You just seem like you're not having any fun. I'm like, well, I like the hot. I I am a pitta. And she's like, well, you need to balance yourself. And she goes, I have something uh, to tell you. I would rather see you soaking in the rivers. I would rather see you walking in the woods. I'd rather see you out in the moonlight, cooling yourself down. I want you to try that for a couple of days, see how you feel. And I'm here to tell you, it changed my whole life. It changed my whole life. I, I learned that the pitta time of day is 10 to 2. And that hot time of the day, in the middle of summer, in the middle of this thermal hot springs retreat center... I was making the pitta in me worse. Like attracts like. And then there's the tipping point. I had achieved my tipping point. (laughs) But when I cooled it down by soaking in the river and walking in the woods and bathing in the moonlight, it changed my life. And so this is what I've come to understand. Similarly, um, I know students who became teachers who had this beautiful, glorious, acrobatic practices. They're very vata. But I could see how they were very scattered people and pretty hard to depend on. You you would make plans with them and then they would always have a thing come into conflict and they couldn't see the commitment through, you know. And these are people who struggle with anxiety. And the, the remedy for them is to encourage them to walk to the front of the mat instead of hopping or floating, you know, to park their eyes on the horizon and not be staring off into all the corners all the time, but to really learn how to ground themselves so they can make some progress in life and not always be flying all over the place. And then everybody loves a cuppa and we, we love our friends that always say yes to our needs, but we got to check in on them and make sure they're okay. They like to be talked to like personal training clients. They love to be pushed. They love to be challenged in class and we need to look out for them because they're, they take everything to heart. So they're the types of people who tend to miss class too because they're too busy doing favors for other people. They're too busy staying up all night talking to somebody who is having a hard day. They're too they stay late at work all the time because when the boss piles extra work on them they always say yes. And so we need to help them set boundaries so they can take better care of themselves. So anyway, Ayurveda, it'll change your life. Learn about it. Okay, on to B, breathing. I, all throughout my career being a yoga teacher, I remember hearing students say to each other, oh, I hate it when the teacher talks about breathing all the time. How boring. I get it. You're like, I'm breathing right now. Why is that a thing? Why are we even talking about it? I get it. How's that going to help me, you know, achieve a yoga butt? <laughs> How's that going to help me get the body I want? How's that going to help me tone and shape myself? Cuz, you know, here I am at yoga class doing all these incredible things for my core. What does it matter, you know, what my breathing is doing? Well, I am grateful to help you understand that breathing and being mindful of your breathing, paying attention to your breathing does something incredible for you in the immediate and in the long-term. Your body is run by a couple different kinds of your branches of the nervous system. We have the central nervous system, which is your voluntary control over your muscles and your body. And then there is the autonomic nervous system, which is behind the scenes where you have your heart rate and you have your breathing, your respiration happening naturally through all of the impulses that your brain is telling your body to do. And the autonomic nervous system is in two different branches. We have fight or flight and we have rest and digest. Fight or flight We call it the sympathetic nervous system branch is where you are kind of functioning all day long, you know, in a heightened sense of alertness, you know, people who wake up a little bit late, they have a lot to do. They jump out of bed and they start their day and they're in a big rush and there's a whole lot of stress and there's traffic and there's pressure at work and there's family pressure and then they go online, they see social media and they feel even more amped up and then they're listening to the news on the way home. They get home and they got the kids and the homework and we got to make the dinner and the cleanup and like do it again tomorrow. You know, there's no point in that kind of day where you're not in the sympathetic nervous system where it's it's fight or flight and and it can be exhausting. Your adrenal glands will wear out. You will have big problems sleeping, obviously, and the stress can become very toxic and it can cause disease in the body because you're never slowing down. And you're like, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead (laughs) or I'll slow down when I'm sleeping. Well, there's a branch of your autonomic nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system, and it's responsible for rest and digest. And this is when we are slowing down and being awake but being calm, where we slow down and we pay attention to what we're doing. We practice mindfulness about every step of every task that we're involved in instead of spacing off or multitasking. The parasympathetic nervous system is optimized on the yoga mat when we breathe diaphragmatically. Now, everybody, wherever you are right now sitting listening to this, please relax your core muscles and inhale into your belly like a baby breathes when they sleep. And as you exhale, follow your natural end point and exhale a little further past it. Use your core muscles to empty the lowest chambers of your lungs. And as you breathe in, notice how it feels for your back to rise, your collarbones to lift, and your chest to rise. And as you exhale, notice everything contract back to your center and empty your lungs a little farther past your normal breath end point. And as you inhale, think about breathing into your back, into your side ribs, and a little bit further in than you normally breathe. And then exhale and relax and notice how good it feels to hang out at the end of the Exhale. Empty your lungs 100%, and in your mind, count from zero to a high number that you achieve on your breath in. Then on your exhale, take that high number you achieved and count backwards, back down to zero. On your inhale, what number do you get to? On your exhale, reverse it back, what number you get back to Zero you breathe in, take up this whole room you're sitting in. How wide can you make your lungs? As you breathe out, hang out. Expand the exhalation a little farther. Repeat this to yourself. I am breathing in. I am breathing out. Like an ocean wave, I am breathing in. The tide rises. I am breathing out. The tide receives, recedes. I am breathing in. Feel the light in the life. I am breathing out. I receive peace. breath recedes. Maybe you can hear my dog snoring next to me in the room here. Yeah, it's beautiful to take the time to pay attention to your breath. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah, you were breathing anyway. But when you stop and you really pay attention to your breath, magical things happen. You optimize a wonderful state of consciousness where you're relaxed. Next, we have C. C is for consistency. We want to help you cultivate this inner witness inside. You know, the daily grind gets your body all stressed out, gets your mind all stressed out, so many things on your mind. But the sea of consistency of coming to class a good three, four times a week, no matter how you feel, no matter what your day is like, just commit. What's the studio you can attend? What's the day dates and times you can go consistently? Pick days of the week. Pick the times of day. Don't worry about what class format it is. Don't worry if you're good enough or if you look the part or if you feel like you can do anything. Tell the instructor, hi, I'm new and I really want to establish a practice. And they'll be so happy to encourage you and help you out. When you go to leave a class, look at your teacher and say, I will see you tomorrow right? My cat says yes to this. <laughs> Please think about it. The ABCs, Ayurveda, understand how you're put together. Breathing. Really get curious about it and what it does for you and see consistency. Figure out where the studio is by you. Figure out the days of the week and the times the classes work. Let us, the teachers, do the, do the rest, okay? We're going to make the practice work for you. We're going to make you feel comfortable. We're going to help you feel encouraged. Tell us where you're hurting. You know, we call it the check-in. We say, how are you feeling head to toe? and, And what do you want to work on today? Answer those questions. And whether your teacher asks them of you or not, tell them. Be like, hi, I'm excited for class. You know, I got a little crunchy going on in the low back. Hopefully you can help me with that. Or, hey, you know, today can we work some more on balancing? I love the tree posture. I love how I feel when I'm done with class when we do those balancing poses. You know, the teachers are eager to help you. They want to know a little bit more about what you like, a little bit more about what you're working on, and and that way we don't have to guess. You know, teachers are here to help you. All we want to do is help you establish and maintain your practice. And the main memo for this whole discussion that I really appreciate you listening to is that we want you to come in any shape that you are. Whether you're feeling great or you're not feeling great, we'll take care of you. We'll help you modify your practice. We'll help you navigate your practice. And we'll help you build and establish your practice. I hope this has inspired you listening to the ABCs of yoga. You're special. You're awesome. And we're here to help you live a happier, more peaceful life so you can make spiritual progress and enjoy a healthier and happier way to live. Thanks for listening. Namaste.